Welcome to the Why It Works podcast. I'm Joe Kwan, your host. Together, we'll pull back the curtain to reveal the hidden principles behind why things work. Things work for a reason. Let's find out why. Why is charisma so elusive? Why is it so hard to define? And why should the benefits of charisma be limited to those few who seem to have been born with it? Wouldn't it be great to be able to unlock your charisma to get the attention, access, and credit you deserve? I'm so excited to share with you I've just released my first ebook, Unlock Your Charisma. Drawing on universal principles of connection, I reveal the hidden principles behind why charisma works. You can't get more of something if you don't know what it is. Unlock Your Charisma will show you how to be heard, be valued, and be chosen. Available on Apple Books and Amazon Kindle. Thank you. Here with us today is Amy Blaschka, a social media ghostwriter who partners with her clients to bring compelling narratives to life. A longtime contributor to Forbes, Amy covers personal transformation and its impact on career growth. The mindfulness book she co-authored, I Am, Escape Distractions, Unlock Your Imagination, and Unleash Your Potential, helps others understand the power of the stories they tell themselves. We speak to Amy from her home in the Bay Area. Welcome, Amy, to the Why It Works podcast, and thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Joe. Pleasure. So I've gotten to know you in various scenarios through uh, your LinkedIn videos, which I uh, enjoy very much. And I think you got a great response for those. Um, Also through our connection with Sarah Elkins and the NLV conference. I think that's been a a great place uh, where we were able to meet in person, although hopefully we'll get to spend more time with each other next time uh, we're there. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about your experience meeting others through social media or NLV and and what that's been like for you uh, over the past few years? Yeah, well, I I think the greatest thing about social media is that it allows us to connect with people all over the world. I mean, it used to be that, you know, you you could really only connect and go to a network event in your town and kind of you had this limited thing. And if you got on a plane and got somewhere, maybe you might meet some other folks but social media, even by its name, it's the social part of you know, social media implies that it's, you know, it's at least a dialogue. It's not a soliloquy, right? You're going to have at least one other person that you're interacting with. So for a platform like LinkedIn, um, I, I think it's amazing. And I know it, the technology exists, but it still sort of boggles the mind to think, I know people, people that I consider not just I'm connected with them but we're friends or we have relationships and they're all over the world. And that would not be possible, would not be possible, you know, even a decade or two ago. And so um, that's amazing. But the greatest part too about that is those friends that I've met online, I've had the opportunity to meet in person, which is just a huge bonus. So something like no longer virtual NLV where you and I finally met in person. Yep. uh, That's run by Sarah Elkins, our friend. That's a tremendous opportunity to take those online relationships offline and really dig in a little deeper because, you know, that to me, it's about relationships, right? It's, it's not just a passing transaction, sort of someone posts content, somebody comments it just back and forth. I, I'm a relationship girl. So I like to get to know people and, I, and people, 
fascinate me. People, stories, what makes them tick. I just, you know, end up in just getting to know somebody involves sort of peeling back the layers a bit. Um, and, and getting to know what, what really motivates them, what scares them sometimes, what makes them laugh and snort and do all sorts <laughs> of fun stuff. But uh, to me, you know, social media has been a huge part um, to enable that positive. Um, and I, and that's, I really strive to use social media in, in its most positive way and to keep things positive and enthusiastic and happy and hopeful and about the possibilities because I think far too often it's used um, as a divisive means and um, we don't need that kind of negativity, right? We already got enough things happening. So it's, it's things like, uh, you know, meeting in person and finally getting to know somebody beyond the keyboard mm -hmm. and in person that, that really drives me. And I think that's what really attracts me to social media in general. And then just and that, the idea that, wow, infinite possibility of meeting people and getting to know people and forming those really cool and deep relationships. Yeah, well, what really resonates with me about what you were just saying is it's about the relationships, right? It's not about the quantity. It's mm -hmm. about the quality of, it allows you to do something that you said, as you said earlier in your response, you know, you wouldn't otherwise, or it would have been very difficult to do previous to the technology being available now. So that to me as well is just like the wonder yeah. uh, and the joy of it all. Exactly. Exactly. I did still, I mean, I know this technology exists and I'm, you know, my logical brain is like, yes, it does this because it connects us. But you know, the other side is like, whoa, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> How'd they do that? <laughs> yeah. Like we're, we're talking to each other now. The sound is crystal clear. We can see each other. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So let's get to know you a little bit better. Tell us okay. what you do, but break it down as if you were explaining it to a five-year-old. Okay. Um, well, I am a, primarily a social media ghostwriter, and I help leaders craft their stories to communicate and connect better. Excellent. All right. So I'm so happy you're here to talk about the topic of connection today, and mm -hmm. let me tell you why. Um, first of all, obviously, you know, we connected in a non-traditional way over, over LinkedIn, and then we met in person. And, you know, connection is a favorite topic of mine. I, I also, in a different sort of vein, um, it's sort of my goal and purpose to help people connect. So I'm so curious, what was your reason for deciding to talk about connection today? I, it really is that common thread that weaves itself through my life. I, as I mentioned earlier, people fascinate me. And I think the idea of connection is rooted um, in those sort of the fuzzy, sort of softer, emotional side of things. And I think that um, so many people struggle to connect. You know, social media is great and it has the power to connect us. But there's so many people that, you know, you mentioned this earlier, that, you know, the, the uh, quality over quantity. They may have a bajillion followers, but people feel more isolated than ever and alone. And the idea of true connection, deep connection, means that you are getting to the human beyond the technology and, and the emotion. And it requires emotion. It requires sort of that vulnerability and, and taking off that, you know, airbrushed Instagram presence, you know, that, that everyone seems to think is really necessary. No, I have to present my best self. But the idea of connection it literally connects all of us. I think we all, at the very core of our being, we all want to belong. 
You know, that's, that's a very universal thing. We just want to belong. We want our tribe. We want to be part of something that matters, I believe, and, and be part of um, a group of people when we feel we have that common sort of bond. So connection is very meaningful to me because I, I or like I said, I'm a relationship girl, it matters to me. I want to feel connected to people. I don't do superficial very well. I, I, and I can't fake that little small talk, I don't care thing. I get mm -hmm. too invested in people and you know, their stories to do that. So um, I'm not interested in sort of the transactional level of, you know, I, I really want to go deep. And I think the way to do that is through connection. And because I truly believe that people do want that, they just want an opportunity. They don't know how. So yes. I want to help people learn how to do that so they can attract people so other people can it make it easier for them. So that's what I try to do with my social media ghostwriting and helping leaders do that to help attract people to them in a way that is more organic and natural um, and that people want versus, you know, hitting somebody over the head with a sales message. You must follow me. You must, you know, let's connect, you know, and it, it's where it's really for the, um, the reasons that the true reasons like people just they want to belong so that's that's very meaningful to me it runs through what i do professionally it's meaningful to me personally anything that i do or say is that 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 seems to be for me what really drives me is that you know fostering that sense of connection helping others to to get it um because when you can connect with someone you can communicate and when you can communicate you can connect so it's this sort of virtuous cycle um that happens and those things deepen the relationship well one thing i hear from what you're saying is everyone kind of wants it but it's not a given that you know how to do it or that it comes easy to people so i really do believe there's a there's a skill involved, not necessarily like a skill, like it, it, it has to be taught to you, but you have to be skillful about it. So, you know, you can improve. And if you don't do it the right way, you, you, you don't make the connection. I imagine you see that in a lot of the work that you do. I, I do. People, well, they really want to, they try, but it's you're going about it. You know, you're going the wrong way. Stop, you know, stop, stop doing that. Um, or you're trying too hard. You know, they, they want it so bad that their methods are just, it's, it's the overkill of something or too much, too pushy, too this, too that. And I, I think so many people are afraid to really just be who they are. Mm -hmm. That's not enough for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Um, you know, that it's like, oh, I, I couldn't just be me because yeah. no one would care. I need right. to be over the top. I need to be to the nth degree. But the reality is most of us are somewhere you know, in the, in, in the middle and, you know, like attracts like. And if you are human and honest and genuine in your desire to connect and in revealing something about yourself that you're not this artificial presence that you truly are like a real human being under all that, I think that attracts people to you. That is going to be a way in and you want to make it easy for people to connect with you, right? Um, if, if it's hard and a struggle, no one's going to bother. They'll move on to the next person. So um, make it easy and make it genuine. Definitely. Definitely. So I hear in what you're saying so many themes that I think will also come out um, as we move to our uh, video segment. So definitely looking forward to hearing more in detail. So I'm going to uh, take us to our first clip. Okay. Yes. Sir. Huh? We're in a terrible rush. Don't rush me, Sonny. You rush a miracle, man, you get the right miracles. You got money? 65. 
I never worked for so little, except once, and that was a very noble cause. This is noble, sir. His wife is crippled. His children are on the brink of starvation. Are you a rotten liar? I need him to help avenge my father. Murdered these 20 years. Your first story was better. Where's that bellows friend? He probably owes you money, huh? Well, I'll ask him. He's dead. He can't talk. Look who knows so much, huh? Well, it just so happens that your friend here is only mostly dead. There's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. Please open his mouth. Now, mostly dead is slightly alive. Now, all dead, well, with all dead, there's usually only one thing that you can do. What's that? Go through his clothes and look for loose change. so important. What you got here, that's worth living for. True love. True love, you heard him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Yes, Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for a nice MLT, a mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes are ripe. They're so perky. I love that. But that's not what he said. He distinctly said, to blave. And as we all know, to blave means to bluff. Huh? So you're probably playing cards, and he cheated. Liar! 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 Get back, witch! I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. But after what you just said, I'm not even sure I want to be dead anymore. You never had it so good. To love. He said to love, Max. Don't say My another God. word, Valerie. He's afraid. Ever since Prince Humperdinck fired him, his confidence is shattered. Why'd you say that name? You promised me that you would never say that name. This is Buttercup's true love. If you heal him, he will stop Humperdinck's wedding. I make him better, Humperdinck suffers. Humiliations galore. I did a lick that is a noble cause. Give me the 65. I'm on the job. I could watch this movie <laughs> every day. So what did you see there going on, Amy? Uh, well, well, first of all, it's one of my all-time favorites. Anytime it's on, I will stop and get engrossed in it. <laughs> I love it. So a couple of things, right? This sort of universal theme of sort of true love really uniting all of us and really a call to action even in this scene, right? It's like... Oh, well, you know, the guy could care less. He's like, man, nah. Max is like, whatever. Um, there's a, and a couple things, too, going on. Not so altruistic, but this idea of a shared enemy is really mm. uniting them, right? So there's that idea of connection. It's like, oh, okay, well, then if we're together, we're going to defeat him. And yeah, so, um, you know, it, it's funny. And the, the, the slightly live. So what do you, what's worth living for? What is something that everyone can get behind? true love of relationships again right so that's that's a worthy cause but i laughed about the part of like okay the humperdink thing like yeah it's uh like oh okay he'll suffer you know so it's not so nice but you know it's sort of like okay well even through that there's a connection that happens um you know and a call to action there so that's that's pretty funny so how do you see um these sorts of themes and this sort of human 
sort of common psychology um, making its way into uh, the media or uh, things that you write? Like how, how does that sort of make a difference, um, not just in watching a movie, but actually maybe we don't even realize it, but in the things that we read and, and digest in other forms as well? Well, both things I mentioned happen, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, taking the, the negative side first, it's sort sure. of like, you know, our common enemy, we're, we're aligned with that. So if we, you know, if there could be folks on either side of an issue, but suddenly there's a third party that's threatening both of their livelihoods, their happiness, you know, something. It's like, all right, well, I didn't like you before, but now we have to align, right? And mm -hmm, now we're mm -hmm. going to go after that. So you see that playing out, in politics especially, right now. Um, but on the other side of things, the more positive side of things, I will say that um, what seems to appeal, not in, in the movies, but in real life, and on social mm -hmm. media, and the work that I do, and what I um, advise my clients on, and when they're like, well, I don't know if I write about this, whatever, it, it, it's really, it comes down to some of those universal themes. So in this one, it's true love. Mm -hmm. But what unites people is something that is, is you know, common to everybody. So mm -hmm. it might be it might be true love. It might be heartache. It mm -hmm. might be the idea of failure that, you know, oh gosh, I'm the only one, but no, of course you're not. You know, everybody has, you know, had a misstep in their career or a product launch that didn't go well, or gosh, I could have handled that situation better. So it's, it's really identifying those things that um, resonate with people and something that everyone has in common. Those are the types of things that I see for my clients and for myself that seem to take off, that people will engage with and say, oh, yeah, me too, you know, I, I felt that way. And it's amazing because sometimes that comes from the things you least expect. You would think mm -hmm. people would celebrate the successes. Oh, it's right. all great and this is a terrific and me too. And that does happen. However, when a client or me or anybody shares something and makes himself a little bit more vulnerable uh -huh. by sharing something that kind of makes them scared I'd like to admit like they think it's a weakness by sharing a vulnerability or a failure or you'll think less of me because I'm not putting forth everything that's great you know sunshine and rainbows and unicorns but it's like here's the dark side of entrepreneurship or oh this happened it's amazing because when you yourself you a client whoever is doing this share something like that and, and expose a little bit of yourself and the humanness, it allows others to do the same. It tells them it's okay. You create an environment where um, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay not to be perfect. Nobody is perfect. Despite what you see on social media, nobody is perfect. <laughs> and it, it, it is like a breath of fresh air. People like, you could almost see in their comments, it's, it's like if the comments could, you know, you could see them as humans, they'd be like exhaling. Like, oh. <laughs> I love that <laughs> image. The shoulders <laughs> would drop. It would yeah, be yeah, yeah. amazing to me. And those are the types of things more often than not that cause people to, to, to have that connection and they will engage and form conversations and it will go on and on. And then, and then that attracts other people. So that's another form of connecting is really allowing yourself to be vulnerable because when you do that, it brings in others and gives them permission to do the same. So I think that's really helpful. So I am 100% on board with what you're saying. Um, knew there was a reason I liked you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask the million dollar question. Yeah. Why is it so difficult for people to be okay 
with going there to that place of vulnerability. Because as you know, if you just look, everyone wants to seem so perfect. So a lot of the opposite is happening. Like, what is it that makes it so hard for us to, to reveal even, a, even one iota of vulnerability in our lives? It's all fear, right? I mean, it's, and fear masquerades is so many other things. So, you know, we have, there's, you know, we have this fight or flight instinct, right? We have this thing that's, fear is there, a good amount of fear is there to protect us. We don't want to do stupid things. We don't want to get killed, you know? Um, so the, the little bit of fear, it's protecting, protecting you. However, when you sort of lean into that too much, that fear prevents you from growing. It prevents you from taking the risk, from being vulnerable. You're worried so much about what people think that they'll think less of you, that they think you're less of a leader, that you're, no, you, you're, not very, you're not very good at what you do if you made a mistake. So it's all fear-based. And, you know, sometimes people, it, it, fear shows up in procrastination. That's a form of fear because you're delayed. Well, everybody could raise their hand on that <laughs> yeah, one, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, ooh, you put off what you don't want to do because it, you know, it feels icky and you know it's not going to be easy, right? So yeah. that's the other part of it. It's fear and it's not easy. It's not easy to showcase your so-called weaknesses, the things that you feel kind of icky about that you don't. You want people, you want people to like you, right? Yeah, we all yeah. want to belong. And so they'll like me better if I'm this version of myself. If I am mm. the airbrushed perfect, doesn't make a mistake, always smiling, nothing goes wrong in my life sort of thing. Because, yeah, we're attracted to positive things. I believe that. You know, we want that. But, you know, it, 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 the only way to get to the other side of fear is through it. You just have to do it. And it, it, it's really hard. But the good news is once you've done it once, it does get easier, especially yes. when you do something and you share part of yourself and you see that the response isn't so crazy. You know, the committee in your head is making it out to be this, you know, oh my God, it's the worst possible thing, the worst case scenario, the nth degree. If people are going to hate me, they're going to stop. Yeah. That, that rarely happens, you know, it rarely happens. So um, you can get really spun up over stuff, um, but it, it's really the fear, the fear of not belonging, fear of not being accepted, the fear of, you know, and sometimes it's the fear of failure is, is it's also the fear of success. If I do something, what if, oh gosh, what if I do this, then, you know, then what do I do? What, yeah. I'm not used to that. So yeah. it's, it's sort of charting the unknown waters, right? And um, it's way easier when you know something to stay in that sort of familiar pool. Um, but man, you, it's boring. <laughs> so you, you got you to gotta jump out of that once in a while. And the way to do that is just kind of to just do it. Just well, what, do I, what I love about what you're saying, Amy, is everything you're talking about is within our control right? Mm -hmm. These aren't externalities. These are decisions we're making that are affecting our life because of, you know, what we do. And I think that's something we forget. We often look at the things we can't have or didn't get when we don't look internally at the, at the avenues we're cutting off ourselves. You're absolutely right. So many people will blame external forces, mm -hmm. you know, that it's, oh, it's this person's keeping me down. Or if this happened or when that, then I would do this. But you're absolutely right. When you realize that the biggest barrier to what you want is, is residing in your own head, it's amazing. It's very freeing. I hate it, that realization. <laughs> it's infuriating. I know. And, you know, and, and, and tell people this all the time. I write about this. And, yeah. and still, half the time,
time I'm writing about this yeah. true confession is because I need to hear that message. Yes, yes. I'm reminded of it. You can be preaching it and trying to live it, and it's just like it turns on yourself, and you're like, ooh, okay. I need to shift the lens through which I'm looking at That's the right. world, That's too, right. and take my own <laughs> advice. Um, but it, but it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. And, you know, I, I like to say this too, is, you know, we're worried about what other people think of us and it's natural because we want people to like us and we want yeah. to belong. We give people far too much, you know, real estate in our brains and mm -hmm. it's really valuable real estate. So if you have those messages, oh, no one's going to like this and it's taking up all that space in your head, it, 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 kick them out. They're, they're like low rent. They, they shouldn't be those things, those sort of negative messages from others or what you think, oh, I could never do this. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Awesome. Well, let's take a look at another iconic story and see what it can teach us about connection. I can't. It's too big. Size matters not. Look at me. Judge me by my size, do you? Hmm? Hmm. And where you should not. For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us. And binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you, here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Yes, even between the land and the ship. You want the impossible. So, Amy, what uh, sticks out or jumps out at you from that scene from Star Wars? I, I love it, by the way. Love Star Wars, too. Um, so a couple things going on there, right? The, the idea of um, something greater than yourself, right? This idea of faith, something that unifies all of us. It's all around us. Even if you can't see it, it's still there. Um, so the idea that you need to connect to something bigger than yourself, um, that this like interconnectedness, maybe, way to say that. Um, and then um, kind of what I mentioned before, I think uh, with Luke there too, is kind of overcoming those self-limiting beliefs, right? Mm. So this, this speaks to faith in, in its most, you know, broad sense, not just necessarily in a spiritual way, but just the faith in, in yourself, the faith in something else that there is more there and taking that leap um, and having the belief that you will succeed, that it's going to be there for you, that you can connect to something bigger to make an impact, to fulfill your destiny, if you are Luke Skywalker. Um, that's, really, that, that's really what really stood out to me. It's, it's more about um, being open to the possibility, to not shutting things down simply because you, you can't see it there. It's not tangible right there in front of you. Wow. Yeah, I mean, the thing that's interesting to me about this clip and what you're saying is, uh, in a way, we're all kind of like the heroes of our own story, right? We're, we're our own Luke Skywalker, and we can sort of stay where he's about to be in this scene, which is just kind of down and like, I give up. Or, you know, obviously everyone's kind of seen this movie, he, he transforms and then he, he becomes sort of a crucial figure in history because he went beyond 
that limiting belief. Right. Um, are there times where you've actually seen like this transformation in people that you've worked with or, or people you know? And, and, and it's, it's interesting how sometimes we see it in them before they see it in themselves. And then all of a sudden you see this person like blossom and just start to like take over the world. Have you, have you seen that happen in, in your work or, or with your friendships? Absolutely. Um, and I think it's always easier to see in someone else than it is to see in yourself. Yeah, <laughs> right? absolutely. Uh, more objective. I see it all the time. I've seen it in my friends and my family, certainly. Uh, and, and I'm someone who tends to see the good in people mm -hmm. anyway. I'm a positive person. And this has happened a few times with um, new clients and, and not so much with the, you know, writing social media, ghostwriting for them, but really helping them sort of extract and tell their story, their mm. larger story. You know, we'll be on a call and they'll be like, well, and they're listing off, well, I did this and then I did this and then I did this and I'm listening to them. What they're saying, but what I'm hearing are two different things. They don't see how awesome they are. They yeah. don't see their own value. And sometimes you just, they, they are talking through some things and I'm asking questions and I'm listening and taking notes and it's finding that sort of common thread for them going, really, you're all about this. Oh my. And, and it's funny because it excites me. Maybe, maybe that's weird, but I get really <laughs> enthusiastically excited. Like, don't you know how awesome you are? We need you to tell the world. Like everybody has a story. Every, you know this, everybody has a story. And I think everyone has a story worth telling. There yeah. ever, you know, no two people are alike. You know, it's not, you know, even if they grew up together, they're related, they're friends forever. Everybody sees the world through different lenses and has different experiences that, that shape and flavor who they are and how they present themselves to the world. So I think um, a lot of the clients, especially I've dealt with, they've never really been able to see past sort of the chronological list of sort of this, 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 uh, what they've done to see sort of the larger thing, like, don't you know what kind of impact you had? Look at this. Look how amazing. Look at these things. And it's, it's coming back to that theme of connection, mm -hmm. um, but connecting for them their own dots and in, in sort of telling their story, which is really exciting. And they can be, get back to what you said earlier, their own hero. We all have that capability. And we'll get off the call and they're like, oh, I never, really? You really? And, and they, first they're like, um, that sounds good, but that, me? That's me? Yes, that's you. You know, it's just the idea that you just need to have a little faith and belief in yourself and sort of flip the script, so to say, and, and see it from a different perspective. And you think with this um, Empire Strikes Back clip, you know, it's Yoda, really, just that's trying to see it differently. You're tr just, you know, Luke, don't be stuck. Don't be stuck in sort of this you know, what it is right now, because it's really about what could be, you know, and the possibilities and sort of reframing. And, and if you allow yourself that mindset to just sort of see beyond what's in front of you, that the possibilities are endless. And, um, and that's when you can really shine and be your own hero and, and, and kind of have live this life and feel like fulfilled and, and fulfill your own destiny, you know, and, and figure that out. And uh, when people connect to that, to their own stories and the power of that, that's when I see them shine and kind of that little light bulb goes off and, oh, really? Yes, really. <laughs> it's like they need permission to be excited about their own story and to kind of engage and connect to it. That it's, is it okay to do this? Yes, it's okay to do that. So, and I love that. I love when that happens because then they become, that enthusiasm that I have, you know, seems to 
spread, it becomes contagious, and then they feel it, and then, then they spread that. So it's this awesome sort of ripple effect that happens because when you kind of own your own truth and you're in your own story and you have sort of that that confidence, you know, well, I've lived all this. So yes, this is who I am. It's just being told in maybe a different way than I thought about it. Then they can they can feel more confident in kind of sharing that wisdom. And then that, you know, part of that being vulnerable, then that connects somebody else and somebody else. So it's really kind of goes out and ripples. So love that. So what I'm hearing a lot about and what you're saying is this transformative aspect. And I think that's a great lead into our next clip. Mm-hmm. Now, who's next? Mr. Anderson, so you're sitting there in agony. Come on, Todd, step up. Let's put you out of your misery. I, I didn't do it. I didn't write a poem. Mr. Anderson thinks that everything inside of him is worthless and embarrassing. Isn't that right, Todd? And that's your worst fear. I think you're wrong. I think you have something inside of you that is worth a great deal. I sound my arm. Eric. Yop. The rooftops. World. W. W. Uncle Walt again. Now, for those of you who don't know, a yelp is a loud cry or yell. Now, Todd, I would like you to give us a demonstration of a barbaric yelp. <laughs> Come on, you can't yelp sitting down. Let's go. Come on, up. Gotta get in yelping stance. A <laughs> uh, yelp. No, not just a yelp. A barbaric yelp. <laughs> Yo, come on, louder. Yo, oh, that's a mouse. Come on, louder. Yo, oh, good God, go yell like that. There it is. You see, you have a barbarian in you after all. Now, you don't get away that easy. Picture Uncle Walt up there. What does he remind you of? Don't think. Answer. Go on. A, a, a madman. What kind of madman? Well, think about it. Just answer again. A crazy madman. Oh, you can do better than that. Free up your mind. Use your imagination. Say the first thing that pops into your head, even if it's total gibberish. Go on. Uh, go on. A sweaty tooth madman. Good God, boy, there's a poet in you after all. There, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close them. Now, describe what you see. Uh, I, I close my eyes. Yes? Uh, and this image floats beside me. A sweaty tooth madman. A sweaty tooth madman with a stare that pounds my brain. Oh, that's excellent. Now, give him action. Make him do something. His hands reach out and choke me. That's wonderful. Wonderful. And all the time he's mumbling. What's he mumbling? Uh, mumbling truth. Yeah, yeah. Truth like, like a blanket that always leaves your feet cold. <laughs> Forget them, forget them. Stay with the blanket. Tell me about that blanket. You, 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 you push it, stretch it, it'll never be enough. You kick at it, beat it, it'll never cover any of us. And from the moment we enter crying to, to the moment we leave dying, it'll just cover your face as you wail and cry and scream. Yeah. Don't you forget this. Wow. So what did you see going on there, Amy? Oh, I, I love that movie too. So that's a great choice. Um, well, it, it's sort of continuing that theme of what we were talking about before, but I love when he says, you know, he's trying to draw out your greatest fear as you think you're, you know, what is it? Worthless and embarrassing. And mm. so many of us, right. Feel that well inside. I just, I don't, I don't, I'm not worthy. Right. I don't have anything to sh- of value to really share. And you know, what, what Robin Williams does in that movie is so great as a teacher. 
he just he draws him out. He literally pulls him up, right? <laughs> and, and, and then at one point, he closes his eyes, and he's like, you know, don't think, just imagine, right? And, and just, just not kind of taking him out of sort of this, this sort of environment he's created that it's just, I'm not worthy of this, I'm not going to participate, I'm not going to, because nothing's there. When he gets out of that and is free to kind of be in his own head and sort of just riff and just speak freely and tap into that emotion, it's really when he comes alive. And I think he, he feels that freedom to express himself. And it's literally, he's like, don't think, just do it now instead of just, you know, a lot of us tend to do this, right? We overthink, 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 and just do that. So I, I love that, that it, it is transformational in that way, that he goes from some of I didn't do the assignment. I don't have a poem. I don't have this into this really uh, this moment where he sees that he really does have it within him. He ha- he, the person is of a value, but he can really participate. And it just takes him kind of crossing that threshold and leaving behind that fear to just open up, open himself up and be a little vulnerable and be expressive. And, and then, you know, his whole class is cheering at the end. So it's, it's really pretty remarkable. Um, really, really cool. Well, what I love about what you're saying here, Amy, is it was always inside him. It was almost like it was dammed up or it needed to be sort of dug up or revealed. And so that's that's one thing I'm hearing from what you're saying. And then the other thing is it's amazing how with the right mentor, teacher, coach, professor, family member, whoever, they're not giving you something you don't have to help you. They're actually just helping you see what's already in there. Maybe they're imparting a little of their confidence in you and now you adopt that confidence, but they're not actually creating anything new. That was always you already. Mm-hmm. That's right. I love that. It's, it's really about unlocking what's within. And isn't that what, that's what teaching is. It's really the, the idea that you're really, you're learning, but it's really, it's, it's always within you. It's just kind of, you become this conduit to help open the channels, right? And free it. And I, that's what I feel like he was doing, that it's, you have that within you. Everybody has that within them. It's just sometimes, like you said, it's a coach, it's a friend, it's a, somebody that is sort of allowing them and kind of, you know, pulling, pulling away those, those barriers so they can see, so they can flow. So yeah, really, really cool. All right. Well, let's shift into a different type of connection for our next clip. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Don't want everyone to think that we're one note, right? Right. All right. Let's uh, check out something a little bit different. Rocko! Okay, so his name is Dr. Jacobson. I, I'd say from the sound of it, he's definitely... Well, I don't want to hear it, kid. Okay. Hi, Dr. Jacobson. This is Chris Marlin over at J.T. Marlin. Marlin? Right, he's my father. He's my mother. So my associate tells me you're interested in one of our stocks. Your wife's not great. I will call her back. Uh, yes, uh, MSC sounds like it might be interesting. Might be? Might be doesn't sell stock at the rate MSC is going for it, Dr. Jacobs. We're talking very high volume here. Well, I still have to run it by my people. That's great, Doc, if you want to miss yet another opportunity here and watch your colleagues get rich doing clinical trials, then don't buy a share and hang up the phone. Well, hold on a second now. I didn't say that. I just want to talk about it some more. Honestly, Doc, I don't have the time. This stock is blowing up right now. The whole firm's going nuts. Hold on. Let me open up the door to my office. 
See that, Doc? That's my trading floor. Now I have a million calls to make to a million other doctors who are already in the know. I can't walk you through this right now. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, let's do this. <laughs> now, since you're a new account, I cannot go any higher than 2,000 shares. I'm sorry. 2,000? Are you nuts? That is way beyond what I was thinking. 2,000? Jesus! Listen, I'm curious. Why can't you tell me any more than that? Well, we like to establish a relationship with our clients on something small. Before we get to the more serious trades, let me show you several percentage points on this small trade, and then we'll talk about doing future business. That sounds good. Uh, give me the 2,000 shares. Done. Yeah. You sure you can't do any better on this one? I'm sorry, Dr. Jacobs. I can't. I'm sorry. Oh, all right. We'll start with this trade then. Great. I promise we'll swing for the fences on the next one. Right. Do you want that confirmation sent to your office or your mansion? Ah, <laughs> uh -huh. very funny, Mr. Marlin. Let me put my secretary on and she'll take down your info. It was a pleasure doing business with you. Done and done. <laughs> Classic vintage Vin Diesel. <laughs> what do you see going on there, Amy? Oh, God. This is like the antithesis of everything that I'm about. But, so, so definitely connecting, but using yeah. a tactic that I would not advise. So it's, it's obviously, it's all about fear and coercion and making him feel less than, and, oh, you're going to miss out on this. And, you know, it's, so it's playing on those fears of the, you know, oh, you, you won't, you won't, oh, okay, it's not, an, I mean, in the end, he ends up buying more than he even thought he would, right? But it's, it's, it's playing on his emotions, right? So it is effective, but it's, used, instead of leading with something like love and something positive, he is leading with fear. And mm -hmm. so well effective in, you know, closing the deal, connecting, he's connecting, he's tapping into his fears, Mm -hmm. And that's what that, that that's what he's doing in that clip and, and that coercion and just oh it makes me sk my skin crawl but um, I, just, I just can't stand that because I see it so much on social media right I yeah, see yeah. I see this in real life that you, you really do have a choice when you are leading and you're trying to connect and get your message across and communicate that you can either lead with something positive and, and truth, truthful and, uh, um, you know, something based in something that is like more love. And I, I say love in a generic sense, not like a romantic love, but just that is a positive emotion that you're trying to genuinely connect with somebody and communicate. Or you can use fear and manipulation and making somebody feel less than, that they're missing out. And, and while that they are both effective methods for connecting with somebody, I just don't think the latter is sustainable. It, it just, you're gonna, I mean, I would, I couldn't do this. I would feel awful. And I think the people that do that, it is going to be short lived. You might get that one sale, but you know, he's even preaching about the value of, Oh, we have relationships with our clients. Well, if you treat your clients this way, you will not have them as clients for long, right? It's gotta be relationships over transactions. That is, that is key. You got to play the long game, but, uh, yeah, this one's riling me up, Joe. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of what I what what I see with that clip. You know, the um, morality of uh, 
the connection or the connection skill that you're using is is kind of fascinating to me, right? So, mm-hmm. if if you take a look at um, let's say a religious leader um, that is truly trying to help their followers, right? Mm-hmm. So they have a deep connection. Their followers will go above and beyond for you know maybe not this person, but maybe for the cause, right? Right. And then on the other hand, you have something very similar, but probably definitionally would fall more into the definition of a cult. Right? right, where, but it's a lot of the same right connection, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. it's very similar. A single leader, a a, a, a cult of personality, for lack of a better phrase, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, people going above and beyond, being part of something greater, connecting. But there is a difference between you know one type of leader and and another. I mean, how do you see kind of the distinction there? Well, I think you said it earlier. There's there's something when you're connecting, you know, for the for the greater good for the cause or something that's an altruistic, that's a positive way that that's, you know, meaningful and feels good. But if it's, you're using those, some of those tactics for your own personal gain, mm-hmm. um, you know, that you're the leader of a cult or, you know, that, I don't know, trying to close the sale or do whatever. Right, right. That's, that's, that's where you're crossing the line. And yeah, there's so much overlap, but that gray area, it goes Ugh, you know, it, it gets a little, a little too fuzzy for me where it's like, oh, and you know, if you're one of those people that are using these tactics and you need to justify it, you know, but it's, it's all the same. If you have to justify anything in that way, you, I think you have a problem. I think you need to take a, a closer look at how your, your methods and your tactics in doing that, because yeah. So if you're like, well, technically if we were to, you know, rule of law would be this, yeah, but you know, in the court of public opinion and how you're making people feel, if you are trying to connect with them, then that's eh, you're probably going to lose, and that's not it's not going to great. Or, and the problem too with something like this is, you know, you do this, you fool somebody once, or you 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 make that sale, or you do whatever you're doing, and you accomplish whatever that short term goal is. If that ends up making somebody feel, you've taken advantage of them, right? You have mm-hmm. played upon their fears. You have, you know, because they're, they're worried. They, that, that's, that's really a crappy thing to do in general anyway. Mm-hmm. But they're going to remember, you know, wait a minute, the last time I dealt with her or him, I felt this way. People will always remember the way you made them feel. And, mm-hmm. and people will tell their friends and other people. Mm-hmm. So if they find out that, Oh, you're working with so and so. Well, you know, when I did, he did this, and I didn't really. Oh, really? And th- and that sort of becomes this other sort of spiraling effect that will, if you're the person who started this, that's that's going to bite you in the butt later on. And so it's, I don't think it's ever worth it for the short term mm-hmm. gain to compromise sort of that relationship and the long term um, that you hope to have in that connection. It it, it it's always going to be a lose. So um, yeah. I, <laughs> I agree 100%. All right, so let's shift into our last clip. It'll be a nice um, palate cleanser. <laughs> Nate, do you know where his helmet is? He's asking for it, and I've looked everywhere. I don't know. Something at school he won't say, he won't come out of his room, and now he says he doesn't even want to go trick-or-treating. I know. Okay. Thank you. Just get here. (laughs) 
on, get ready. It's almost time for the Halloween parade. You're supposed to knock. Go away! Mom says you won't say what happened. Did someone say something? Someone always says something! Well, tell me what happened. It's none of your business! You took my day with Mom, so it is my business. I heard Jack Wolf talking about me behind my back. He said he'd kill himself if he looked like me. Jack Will? Isn't he the nice one? There are no nice ones! I wish I'd never gone to school in the first place. But you were liking school. I know you were. I hate it, okay? I hate it! Augie, I'm sorry, but you're not the only one who has bad days. Bad days? Do people avoid touching you? When a person accidentally touches you, do they call it the plague? No. Jack Wool is all I had. Just don't compare your bad days at school to mine, okay? Okay. Hey. Did you notice that Miranda doesn't come around anymore? What? You didn't. Shocker. Yeah, she went away to camp this summer, and now she doesn't like me anymore. Why? Because school sucks, and people change. So if you want to be a normal kid, Augie, then those are the rules. So let's go trick-or-treating, okay? Because right now, we're each other's best friends. Really? Yes. So, come on. I'll let you have all my Halloween candy. So, Amy, what did you see going on there? Oh, that one just tugs at my heartstrings. <laughs> <laughs> Finish on a good one. Finish on a high note. <laughs> okay. Um, so the big overarching theme here that I see is, again, is, is we, everybody just wants to belong, right? No matter mm. what they have going on. So Augie obviously has some physical um, challenges that he feels like he's being you know, singled out and people are scared. And even the one nice boy that, you know, is his friend, you know, is, here's something. Um, yet his sister is like, you know, I, you know, I lost my best friend too, just, you know, over something that is stupid and meaningless. And I think, you know, that, that, that's sort of the thing that people can connect to is like, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard and people change. So, you know, we can't control that. But what I love about this clip in particular is the sister's um, use of empathy, right? Mm. That she, like, uh, you know, and even though she can't physically be in his shoes, she is, she is opening herself up and saying, you know, uh, you probably didn't notice, but my best friend doesn't come around and this doesn't happen. But, you know, why don't we be each other's best friends? You know, that there's a solution there that trying because we all want the same thing. So even though it sucks right now, maybe we can do something. We can take action to help us feel better and be there for each other. Um, until we can count on some other people to do the same for us. So that, I, I love that. I love that. It's just like, oh. <laughs> you know, the, the moment related to what you were just talking about where she reveals, you know, through empathy um, about her trials and tribulations in school. Ever since I saw, first saw the movie with my family, the, the thing that really kind of impressed me is 
right prior to that, if you remember, he's yelling at his sister. He's saying, right. don't you try to compare your mm-hmm. problems to my problems. And a very normal response would be for someone to yell back and say, right. yeah, you know what? Well, you know, I got problems too. You're not the only person in the world. But what does she do? She says, okay. You know, and then she calmly walks over and says, hey, did you notice? And I, I really feel that that was like a pivotal, I mean, I realize it's a story, but that was like a pivotal moment. If she had chosen to retaliate and right. kind of raise the, the temperature in the room, nothing she would have said after that point would have helped. But she kind of diffused it and said, you know what, you make a valid point and, you know, added something to it. So I thought that was just amazing. Absolutely. It's, it's the power, I like to call it the power of the pause, mm-hmm. right? So when we're communicating with our kids or whoever, you know, whether, and it, and it can tensions get higher and escalate. It, it's just the power of the pause. Just take a beat before reacting, you know, and she did that. She physically took the, she, okay. And then you're right. She changed the tone because she didn't stay at this yelling level. And by her remaining calm, taking a pause and you're right. I mean, masterclass in emotional intelligence right there from that teenager, right? It's just being able to sort of read the room and be like, okay, you know, yelling's not going to help. I just, and he's not, it's, it's not about him. He's not mad at me. Right. And I think a lot of folks, you know, they don't have that self-awareness to, to realize that maybe they need to pull back. So um, what's bothering a, a child or, or a colleague or a partner or whatever sometimes has nothing to do with you that you just need to understand that um, everything else is influencing them and, and sort of take that beat back and say, okay, you know, and calmly proceed. And then, and then, like you said, at that point, sort of the things unfold and you're able to kind of make that connection because it's really hard to, it's hard to connect with someone when you're screaming at each other, right? That's, that's, nearly impossible. Nearly <laughs> impossible. So you go like that. And, and, what she did, that is within everybody's control, right? You, can, you can't control somebody else, but you can control how you respond and how you react. So um, you should definitely take advantage of that. That's the power that you have in communicating and connecting with somebody else. Yeah, I love what you said. You can't control anybody else, but you can control yourself. That is such a simple but difficult to understand and implement truth, right? Because we always want to force a change or create a change on someone else. And we're typically reluctant to move ourselves when in fact, that's more often than not the key to getting them to shift. Like you kind of have to shift first. Yes. Yes. You have to be willing to again be vulnerable, right? To just sort of take yeah. a position of maybe it's lesser power, perceived power, but it's like, well, if I do this, then maybe the other person will mirror me and we can get to a place where we can actually find that common ground and and connect over something, which they did in that clip, obviously. Well, Amy, it's been a real treat to talk to you and hear your expertise on connection. What things are you working on these days and how can our audience get in touch with you to learn more? Uh, well, I'm always social media ghostwriting for folks. I am very active on LinkedIn, um, other social channels too, like Twitter and Instagram, uh, a little bit on Facebook. You can reach me through LinkedIn or head to my website, which is amyblashka.com. Um, I am also separately working on really a kind of cool project of my own, which is my first novel. And not surprisingly, the themes of connection and belonging 
play a very big part in this narrative that I'm writing. It's, nice. I like to call it sort of the Dan Brown meets Brené Brown. Really <laughs> I love it. Too. Um, so I, it makes sense, right? Because that's a common thread that comes through everything that I do. So if, uh, if that sort of thing interests you and uh, these, these topics are something that's, a, I would say, stay tuned. Uh, I'll let you know. Great. Well, thank you, Amy, for sharing your insights on why it works. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. Like Halloween and Candy, a great book to go with this podcast is The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. To receive a free copy of The Four Tendencies or another audiobook of your choice, just go to audibletrial.com slash whyitworks. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash whyitworks for your free audiobook. To support our show, please leave a rating or comment or become a sponsor of Why It Works by going to www.patreon.com slash whyitworks. That's www.patreon.com slash whyitworks. Thank you. And remember, the enemy of learning is boring. If you've been enjoying Why It Works, there are a few ways you can help. Leave a rating and comment on your favorite podcast service like iTunes or Stitcher. Two, tell a friend what you learned. And three, show your support by becoming a sponsor or leaving a tip at www.patreon.com slash whyitworks. That's www.patreon.com slash why it works. Thanks, and see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Why It Works. For more information about Joquan Joe coaching, as well as access to my articles, videos, and podcasts, visit joquanjo.com. And stay tuned for our next Why It Works adventure.